Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today on Vulnerable, I get the chance to speak with Ireland Baldwin. She's a former model, a screenwriter, DJ, and an entrepreneur. She currently lives in Oregon, and we got to catch up after meeting on TikTok. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is The Vulnerable Podcast. What's up, Ireland? Not much. How are you? <laughs> so good. Wow, this is so cool. I've been I've been on a roll with the guests that I have made acquaintances ships. What does that even word mean? Like via TikTok. I love that. I know, but I'm like really so happy that community can be real in that way where it's like I I like you and like we're vibing and oh wow, you're going to actually do my podcast. So thank you for coming on. And that makes me really happy. Thank you. This is so fun. I'm excited. I never really do podcasts. So, you know, I'm, I'm a nervous talker. So this is exciting. (laughs) That's exciting. We need the nervous talking because podcast is all about talking. So, and also I'll interrupt you, which uh, lots of people tell me I do. And it's because I just hate awkward silences and (laughs) I'm also a nervous talker. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. So we're a match made. Are you by chance eating watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> I I was eating watermelon uh, yesterday. I it was, was yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I loved that TikTok. <laughs> I saw Dua Lipa eating a watermelon and putting tahini on it. So it's like the Regina George, like, so I cut so my bra, I, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I 
cut up a watermelon <laughs> and put tahini on it. But um, and yeah, looked no, I was really just, great doing it. I would say too. Thank you. It was, <laughs> it was my friend's swimsuit company, and I was like, I just don't want to take pictures in this. I would rather just film a video of me eating because that's all I'm usually doing anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Good. Yes. We yeah. love eating. We freaking yeah. love eating. Oh my God. We love eating. Yeah. After all my Definitely. life, I've realized how much I truly do love eating and we'll get into that. So good here on Vulnerable, I really enjoy chatting with folks that like, you know, we know from the world, the zeitgeist, maybe social media, whatever, you know, and like really just kind of getting to know them in a safe space. And it's not like gotcha anything, you know. You've been through totally. enough of that shit. I want to beat everybody up for it. And yeah, so that's kind of the vibe. That's kind of the tone. And we kind of start from the beginning of your journey or wherever you choose to kind of start. Also, I want to mention something. I read somewhere that somebody thought I was cringy. What the hell does it even mean, Ireland? Please help me. I mean, I understand what the concept cringe? of cringe. But what fully is a three-dimensional like terming of cringe. You're younger than is, me. You've got to tell me. <laughs> how old are you? Can I ask? 30, 30, yeah, of course. It's documented. I'm 38. 38? That's not yeah. even old. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, well, cringing, I like to categorize or define cringing as an all over the body kind of just icky sensation that you feel when someone does something or when something happens in a certain way. I okay. don't think you're cringy. I think <laughs> haters, haters may think you're cringy, but you're not cringy. I know cringy when I see cringy. Okay. Yeah. See, Ireland would not be chilling with me on my podcast for 45 minutes if she thought I was cringe. I'm okay, guys? super fucking cringy. Am I allowed to curse on here? Yes, 100%? absolutely. It says okay. explicit in the bio. So people know, man. Oh, okay. I can get crazy. Okay. You can get crazy cringy. Great. Yeah. I, I love a little cringe. I think a little cringe is good for the soul. I think it wakes people up in the morning. Okay. I have a little cousin that made me sit through a cringe compilation video on YouTube. Oh my God. There's those, th those things are real. Wow. Oh yeah. They're like, okay. uh, basically like hour long edited videos of like TikTok actors acting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. I I'm also too old for that world. I, I learned a new word not that long ago. Chugi. Yeah, chuggy. I've heard of this Ch because it chuggy. directly affects me. <laughs> chuggy is a live, laugh, love sign in a bathroom. <laughs> it's Uggs. Chuggy is a Uggs. Uggs I worn over tight, um, tight fit jeggings. That's chuggy. I still do that. So I guess plea I'm... Plea plum tops are chuggy. What's a plea plum top? <laughs> it's like one of those tops that we wore in like the 2000s that had like almost like a dress. Oh, and, it's, and it stays uh, tight and then it folds it, it's over. It's like tight and then it, it kind of goes out like... <laughs> plet plum. A plet plum. <laughs> that, that, I, plet plum. <laughs> I don't know that I partook in that, but... Exactly. Yeah, chuggy okay. chuggy yes. and cringy kind of are friends. You know, they're neighbors and... It's not an insult. It's okay. It's kind of cool. So here's the thing. The concept of cringe, though, it can, it, there's a spectrum of it when we think about it, right? Because, like, it's such an insult to <laughs> people just, I will say, just existing in maybe, like, a social media space. And 
when you yeah. think of like you know the climate as a whole especially with tiktok there's 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 a spectrum of community there right so there's like you eventually i your for you page probably starts really attuning to you know what you're commenting on and who you really want to see and their messaging and all that stuff and i've really noticed it almost navigating away from anything outside of that recently and it's kind of been annoying me but <laughs> i digress ireland cringe as a whole though is is it's just people existing in a community is my point it's their best efforts to find their voice and it may not be successful but they're trying <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, I think you should just unapologetically do what makes you happy. Right. I come across, I, I definitely don't get this kind of content on TikTok, but when I do come across TikTok acting, I, I do get an all over the body sort of chill, a reaction where I yeah. feel nauseous. So if that's cringe... Keep doing it, though. It's not for me. You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for anybody. You should do it for you. You right. should always post and do what you do to make you happy, and that's all that matters. <laughs> but just know you are cringy, and that's okay. <laughs> to Ireland, okay. you're cringy. And then to somebody, I guess. Someone loves it's, you. It's in, it's in an absolute inspiration and an art piece. Someone loves jumping you. Jumping off point. Yeah. Got you, totally. got you, got you. I just, I thank you for unpacking that with me because, you know, as we have connected over the internet, it's kind of cool to hear another another person's perspective on these kind of loaded statements that get thrown our way sometimes in our yeah. comment sections and, you know, sometimes oh, I get in a our... lot worse. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I get it. a lot worse. I get a lot worse than cringy. So I wish people were calling me cringy, but... You know. Dude, that sucks. Wow. So, okay. So then now that we've kind of randomly started off and we're off to the races of randomness, Ireland, you are many things and you have been a model and you're an advocate and you're an artist and actress and it's just so many things. And obviously, you know, you do have family that is in the entertainment industry and I would love to just chat about, you know, what was your first experience with celebrity? Like, how did you, when did you like almost like wake up and realize, oh, wow, like my parents are not like other parents? I think the first time I ever really sort of realized any of that was, I, I, I was kind of very oblivious to it most of my childhood, you know, it was just That's kind nice. of always there. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't probably until really maybe later elementary school or middle school for me when I just saw how other people, whether they were my peers or older peers or teachers or just people around me, how they reacted to my parents Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I was like, oh, wow, okay, like they're sort of a bigger deal than I'm making this out in my head. Because you just kind of live through it when you're a kid. You don't really, you grow up on movie sets, you grow up around famous people, you just are very desensitized to it. It's not really gotcha. something I ever kind of sat there and was like, oh, you know, it was just another day. But then seeing how other people reacted to who they were, mm-hmm. 
and how they gawked over them or asked me questions or, you know, that's when I sort of was like, okay, this is okay. Because kids are so smart, you know, like with social cues, like I have, so I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and it's kind of like they've taken to calling me, oh, mommy's Kim Possible or something. Like, and it'll come up in like random ways and and it's like, oh, okay. So they get that. And I didn't even put Which that in Which is crazy, by the way. <laughs> it's crazy. my flex, Ireland. It's my flex. It's my main mom. Like my avatar on Disney Plus is, is Kim Possible. Was she in high school? I don't remember. Was she in high school? She was. She was totally okay, well, in high It's school. okay because I was of age. She was definitely <laughs> a sexual awakening for me. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, there you go. Oh, good. Yeah, well, she go. I can see the that. Hair. Oh, yeah. Well, so she and then like she go, they have this thing in the LGBTQ plus community called, uh, what is it called? Kigo, where it's like Kim and she go and like sort of imagining them queered as a, as a sort of Like story. a, um, like a fan fiction. Yes, a fan fiction. There's so many fan wow. fictions of every animated character out there. <laughs> I will go look that up after. Oh yeah, there you go. You can, I guess you can. I can't. They're high schoolers now. Right. You're like, they, wait, no, things, I can't. But not technically. We yes, exactly, exactly. That's true, I guess. That is kind of weird when you think about it. Well, you'll just wait for the continuation if we ever get rebooted Perfect. then. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, look, Kim, Kim was Kim was amazing in terms of her legacy, which is what like I'm really excited to bring to their awareness. But when we're talking about like your parents sort of being living people and like the legacies that they bring with them and then the nuances of them being independently famous and then, you know, what transpires from that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I mean, that's got to be sort of interesting. Like, the, what's the evolution of that feel like? I mean, it just kind of came in my life, I, I think, at there were sort of different waves of it, you know, because one parent would be working a lot more than the other. And then the other would be on a series. My dad was on a series for like seven years or something. And that was most of my childhood that was going on. 
again, it would just, it, it would kind of ebb and flow. Like the reality of things would ebb and flow for me. But really, mm-hmm. I think their divorce was probably the most prominent, like in the media, in your face, like I'm involved kind of thing that made, mm-hmm. that sort of pushed that all forward a little bit faster, you know? Sure. So even more so than them being actors, they were two famous people getting a divorce to me before they were actors, you know? Yeah, and and divorce, too, was still so sensationalized, I feel like, back then. Like, our society really went after two famous people that they, you know, I mean... Apologies to say this because these are your parents, but they were sex symbols. And so they were these two, like they were the Brad and Angelina in some regards in the 90s. And so when they separated, they made waves. And so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's all good. That's good. (laughs) No, that's amazing. No, I mean, it was a lot. I mean, people made something that I I think pretty much nine out of 10 of my friends' parents are divorced at this point. Sad, but true. (laughs) Yeah. And I think divorce is pretty normalized at this point. Not that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't believe you should stay in anything that is unstable and unhealthy and affecting you mentally, physically, emotionally. But I don't think divorce is that big of a deal. I think people change. And Mm -hmm. it's more than anything, it's a legal pain in the fucking ass more than it is really anything else. I'm sure it's hard in a lot of ways. But, you know, I think just because of how sensationalized it was and how much of a bigger deal it was made than it really had to be, that definitely made it a lot more painful, I think, for everyone involved because there was just, the media just takes a giant shit on everything all the time, Yeah, you know? They just have to make things as worse, like 200 times worse than it actually really is. The people in the inside, what they're going through, it's mm-hmm. just not that bad, but mm-hmm. to everyone else, it's bad, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, it's nuclear, and it's very binary in terms of it being, like, either good or absolutely amazing or absolutely awful, and that's how they, right. that's how they set, that's SEO. Now we realize that as, you know, content creators who are trying to get views, like, when I, I had a YouTube channel and I had to do my thumbnails in a very particular way, even though my videos themselves were were geared towards trying to like connect with people, I got caught in, you know, having to title them a certain way. And so it's like, right. either you have to get in front of it in some ways, like nowadays with branding, or, you know, I'm also just interested in talking with you about that and how you've navigated that. But But overall, what I'm getting from you in terms of the beginning of that evolution of who you are was there was a lot of people reacting to just you and your family like existing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty and much. And so you had you had to kind of like see all that like and it was expediting. That's just interesting to me. I've never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, especially just kind of comparing your family, your reality, your like, you know, how complicated. And trust me, I'm not I had a in a lot of ways, I had an incredible childhood and I'm so lucky and so privileged in so many ways. And I'm definitely not not acknowledging that. But I definitely had that divorce, that experience, a lot of experiences were very traumatizing for me. And I think, you know, I didn't let that 
change or define anything later on in life, but okay. it was definitely like something that it was, it was very, very, very difficult thing to, to just exist and know that everyone knows what you, what's happening to you and what's, they could just read about it or look it up, you know? Well, well like, look lot. at, like, look what's happening with, sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. I'm going to get roasted for that. No, I please interrupt you. me. <laughs> um, Don't Addison be cringy, Ray, okay? I'm so <laughs> chuggy, man. <laughs> I love this. Thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> so, like, look at Addison Ray right now. I don't know. Do you know about this? Maybe don't. This is, like, the, the deep levels, the deep circles of TikTok and whatnot. Like, Addison Ray, very I big. I don't know. Okay, so Addison Rae is like, yeah, 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 yeah. she dances. She's, she's this big, she has lip big, oil. Right? I yeah. guess, like, I didn't even really understand that recently. I was like, really? Are we doing that? No, we're not doing that. And her mom, her poor mom and her dad are from this very small town in Louisiana. I think it's like Lafayette or something. And then they move to the big city, you know, in California. Oh, no. The whole family, though, because she's hit right. big oh. on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, and the and mom. Then, oh, 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 yeah. And okay. then he. I don't live under a rock. It's good. No, yeah. you don't. It's okay. Like there's, like you said, there's I, I waves do live under a rock, of all of way. this. Good. Can I join you there, please? I, <laughs> I live under the rock, but I, I did. The only reason why biscuits and gravy, gravy. Oh, young yes, gravy. Young gravy. <laughs> He's like dating the mom, right? I guess Something, they connected. Or they like flirt. I don't know. Yeah, like I they flirt. That. Who really knows? Yeah. <laughs> And, so basically, oh my god, it's all clicking. I I actually saw the young gravy, like said something because I think he's funny and cute, and I followed yeah. him, and then I saw he posted something about the dad, and the dad's making all these videos like he wants to fight, right? Right? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're yes. talking about? No, this is ex- okay. no absolutely. Yeah. This okay. is absolutely what I'm talking about, and what I mean to say is that. You know, Addison has a little brother or something, you know, and like he's not I don't even think he's really on TikTok. And, you know, the mom is truly hurt by this. You can tell that she's hurt. But of course, what is she going to do? She's Chris Jennering it, you know. And so it's it's really hard to watch a family, especially from a child actor's perspective, because I've had and that's why I was talking to you about how how interesting it is to talk to you as the person who was just existing and not necessarily being commodified, you know? And in a way that's almost more traumatizing because you're not in on the joke. You know what I mean? Like like first, a child actor's first like- First of all, first of all. Yeah. If my parents had TikTok, I would move so far away i would move so far away no one would ever hear from me again i would get a fake identity i just would be like if my parents i'm sorry as a as a parent at any age range have tiktok do tiktok i love it i follow all different types of people who have so much to offer at every age okay that's not my point my point is if you are gonna hash out your shit on tiktok First of all, any of these people that like deal with their relationship shit on TikTok. Yeah. If you're a mother and you're a father and you're posting videos and you're doing sh- like nothing on Addison's Ray, Addison Ray's mom at all, mm-hmm. but the dad, I watched those videos and I'm like, if my dad had a TikTok and I was Addison Ray's age, I don't know what the fuck I would do. I honestly yeah. like nothing is more embarrassing 
than that shit to me ever. Like, yeah, like that's forever, forever. Yeah. It's there yeah. forever. And she's yeah. so cute and sweet. And I, I have yeah. never met her. I don't know really anything about her at all. But you no, know, she's just I trying to have a career all the time. Yeah. I think about if social media, if Twitter, Twitter is hell. And if Twitter existed when my parents were getting divorced, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, like if it, mm-hmm. like if I had it, oh my god. It would yeah. make it 300 times worse to go through, you know? But how do you figure that that social media, if when your parents were getting, you know, separated and whatnot, like how how would that have hurt, do you think? Just because it, it the, the, the scrutiny oh just never dies or what? Well, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, Standing in a checkout aisle at a grocery store and seeing like an Us Weekly with my face and my parents' face on it. And I could kind of like look at it and turn away. Or like I didn't have access to social media like kids do now. I couldn't look up my mom or my like I was, you know, I was, I don't even know how old I was, 10 when my parents got divorced. I was like, dancing and with my dogs and playing in the dirt like I I wasn't Mm -hmm, like on mm -hmm. Instagram you know and Mm I just I never had to deal with like a roaring like comment section or like if I had TikTok and scrolled through TikTok and the amount of like specialists on TikTok that are you know like um what are they like celebrity relationship or celebrity pop culture people on TikTok I'm just like none of you have one fucking clue what you're talking about half the time <laughs> and i'm so glad you you're like you know getting a, a following of people who are like oh, this is so informative and exciting and oh my god and whatever it's like you have no you're talking out of your ass like people couldn't be more removed from what they're talking about and yes. you know they they've made a career out of it at this point and i'm like right if i lived in a time where i went on my phone when i was 13 and just saw you know people ripping my mom apart, ripping my dad apart, or ripping me apart and telling me, you know, like they already did, but I just didn't have to really be as exposed to it as I think I would have if, you know, I had a phone and TikTok and Twitter and, you know, it's just, it makes it so much worse. Yeah. You can't run from it either. You know? Interesting. So do you think you ran from it though? Like in, in when, when it was happening with you in real time then, do you feel like that was the impulse in general was to kind of run from it? And if so, like, how did you, how did you cope with that? Well, I definitely had a very abnormal childhood uh, in a sense that I was going to court and testifying against my parents. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd have, you know, I've been manipulated by lawyers and by people to testify against that parent and to do this Mm -hmm. and to do that. And I was very involved in that divorce process because it wasn't even, they weren't in court because of a, they got, their divorce wasn't the issue. It was a custody battle that lasted so damn long. And, you know, it was, as a kid, I would always say it was like two dogs, like fighting over a bone all the time. That's what I would always say when I was little. Like I just felt yeah. like a toy or a bone that was just being kind of ripped apart because it's just way too much, I think, for any kid to ever go through. And, yeah. you know, with or without social media having been a thing, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, 
And as I started modeling, as I started working and being more out there mm-hmm. and reading comments, people love to bring up the past and people love to throw, you know, shit in your face all the time and mm-hmm. make any kind of any positive moves, anything you're doing, any good you're doing. It's just always going to be followed by, you know, the darkness of your past. Yeah. So, yeah, yep. that's. That's everybody, though, you know? So. That sucks. I want to beat everybody up for you. I really do. I truly do. Like, I'm, I'm like, I feel very mama bear protective over you now. I can't help it. Aww. It's just an instinct. Just because, you know, you didn't ask for this. This wasn't... It, I know of somebody who I will say their name offline to you, but their father was very famous. And she lives, you know, in the hills... And she has a really interesting take on what it means to be, you know, a child of a a very famous person, you know, and from an industry family. And I never had known anybody's being a child actor and a teen actor, whatever. Like a lot of the people that I had ever associated with were other people who had a very similar trauma to me. And When I started, you know, meeting this this girl and 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 hearing her stories of of how she had that imposter syndrome in her own career, and she would tell me like, "Look, like you've already proven yourself, and I haven't." And it's like right. she had to live with this like this falseness in her life, and it colored, I feel like, every relationship around her. And I right. found like I would sit back and I would watch her for the, I would say, six months that we were close, I would sit back and I'd see that she would surround herself with people who cared about her, but she'd almost self-destruct those relationships so that they would, like, do things for her. So they were all, like, they ended up being, like, yes men. Right. I really felt for her because I felt like it was my first understanding of what it, what the struggles must be to feel like you can actually connect organically and find your own voice amidst the chaos of, say, like, L.A. and, like, that whole industry and world All of around it. it. Yeah. Right. Do you, do you have a lot of other friends, like, in growing up in L.A., did you have a lot of other friends whose parents were in, in like, high profile? Um, I mean, I went to school with a lot of kids whose parents were in the business. I never really was close friends with any of them makes <laughs> but sense that's I, why um, you're so well adjusted <laughs> there's you know one that comes to mind a girl i was really good friends with was uh anthony anderson's daughter kyra anderson who's like the most down-to-earth sweet human being in the world but like other than nice. her i went to school with all of them you know i maybe was friendly with different people at different points but yeah no i never ran in those circles and there's actually like a lot of people who now kind of are in the same friend group and you know are kind of kids of famous people friend group that i mm-hmm. am definitely not uh not for any reason other than it just never happened organically but i'm just not really friends with most of them so very a lot of really great kids some of them are great people that's good. some are that's some are good not to hear but that's yeah, just people. Yeah, I mean, they are just people. <laughs> so, exactly. You're right. Yeah. And I and I guess I was kind of curious because, you know, I also have kids that uh, will grow up and will have to contend, uh, not on the scale, you know, like with your folks or anything or 
other people's, but I don't want my kids to suffer because, you know, I had a career before them or anything, you know, like I, I, I want their voices to be uniquely their own and I want their lives to be, you know, to me, like structure is so important for their young little minds. Oh, yeah. And so that's why I'm mama bear for you. Cause I'm like, damn it. I want to like, Structure just, is. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so important because it's something you definitely, when you grow up without it, you crave it so much. And once mm. you find it, it's really, it's really freeing and great once you build your own structure, you know? Yes, it is. So then like, let's get into that. Well, you're in Oregon now, right? So did you, did you yeah. move there recently? I know you're starting up a venture there and we'll talk about that, but wh what led you to Oregon? Kind of a funny story, but I um, I want to hear it. Here. <laughs> I moved here two years ago now, over two years ago during COVID for a yep. boy friend uh, at the time, and mm -hmm. that went south. And then we broke up, and I kind of was faced with the decision to stay and start something here. I was actually not even living in the city. I wasn't living in Portland. I was living out on the mm. Oregon coast. And, you know, I was very depressed for a while and kind of lonely and going through it. And yeah. I, you know, kind of was leaning towards moving back to LA and being around family and my mom and friends and sure. familiarity. But yeah. then something just like clicked inside of me and I was like, I hate LA. I don't want to be there. Yeah. Like, I will always go back and forth. My mom's always yeah. there, but like, I'm starting to love it here. And Good. something kind of just opened up. And then I was looking around at places in Portland. And then I met my now boyfriend at a coffee shop. And I, we totally just clicked. And then yeah. I just was like, I think I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I, I think, think I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> yeah. So. That's Funny how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Life's yeah. weird. Yeah. Life's totally weird. Relationships. <laughs> so yeah, like oh, when God. I look back, I, I always tell people, because I'm 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 happily married and it takes a lot of work, but you know, we we've learned to communicate with each other and we've had trials and tribulations. But it's like we've got the kids and like we we don't ever try to ever fight without understanding that that's not wasted time so that by of the course. end of it we're not fighting to like maim the other person we're fighting it to figure out we're, we're trying to communicate in a way that by the end of the conversation we've gotten something from it because right otherwise it's such a waste of time we don't have time <laughs> right really you know what i mean like the kid they the, honestly well, like when you so put it short in, so short absolutely so but short. like I'll it's tell like people too, they're like, what's your, what's your like key to whatever? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I played a numbers game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I did, man. I played a numbers game. I was engaged three times. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Three times. <laughs> three times. I mean, so that's not, that's great. No, that's not that bad. Experience, life, stuff. It's all good. Yes. A hundred percent. And you know, a lot of people don't know it about me in terms of like, you know, having, you know, a lot of relationships, a lot of experiences and a lot of that I kept to myself and obviously, yeah. but anytime I got serious with somebody, I would post it and I would be very vocal about it. And I don't think I would take that back, honestly, because, no, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a part of me at the time and 
whatever happened from those relationships is nuts as my breakups were like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I played a numbers game and yeah, I win, I, I won out. Okay. <laughs> I ended up winning. Yeah. Out. But it you takes did. work, man. <laughs> Thank you. So does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have never been engaged, but I have definitely had my fair share of, uh, relationships go uh, all different kinds of ways go awry <laughs> you gotta you gotta just it, it's all he- taking you somewhere you know it's all for yeah the, for the right reasons and you just have to be patient you know definitely that so you still very much like believe in love oh yeah i mean i always okay. have been i'm like the biggest hopeless romantic in the world so most people like psychologically kids who go through a divorce like see their parents getting divorced just kind of most of the time lose all hope and they're like oh my god you know they kind of have a complex like a fuck love complex Mm -hmm. I had a pretty brutal example of love like this was not an easy divorce my parents really weren't very fond of each other and it was very apparent and uh not hidden from me at all so I, you know, I, I had every recipe in the book to kind of, or every ingredient in the recipe to hate love and be that mm-hmm. person. But I actually kind of always looked at it and thought, like, I just want anything but that. Like, yeah. their jobs, fame, being well-known, all of that, as well as, like, I'm going to be in love someday and I want kids and I want this. I've always yeah. felt that way. And maybe, like, at different points in different relationships, maybe that's changed where I'm kind of like, well, I could do what the other person wants or I could just give that up or whatever. And, again, like, it's just it's such a process to get to where I am now, which you're married and happily married and have kids. And, you know, a lot of people ask me weirdly all the time. My last relationship was very public and I – I mean – very public in some ways. And a lot of people knew I dated this person on and off for a while. And, um, you know, when people ask me like, how do you get through your breakup or how, like, how do you have what you have now? It's seriously just timing. There is no timing. It just happens. And you're like, wait, what, you know, anytime I've ever wanted something or chased it, it just never worked out for me in that way. (laughs) So it's always like when I least expect it, when I turn my back, boom, it's there, you know? So I've always been this huge hopeless romantic and I love love and I believe in it. And I think everyone should. And I think it's really not about forcing anything or changing yourself and who you are and who you want to be and what you want for anybody ever. Um, Compromise is very important, but Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely like a pretty fine line. It's not there's no gray area in that, you know, once you feel like you're changing for somebody in a really negative way, it's like, just, you got to get out of that. That's not working. That's good. So So you've learned, so you've learned that over time then, because I know that you (sighs) checked in somewhere at some point after a breakup, right? And you were like trying to find some, like, (laughs) some, like happiness from the chaos. Oh my God. I wish I would have done that with several of my engagements. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I really oh, should shit. have. 
I wouldn't have given it my helps. money to psychics if that would happen. Oh, God, no. I was beyond a psychic. That's really funny. I just actually I got an email just like right before this podcast of a psychic that wanted to, to psychic me. But I Listen, said no. Don't do it. Me. Maybe read a tarot card or two. I'm but not. It's hard. It's hard. That. You really me. want the answers, man. And I I will never live this down. And I I talked about it on my YouTube and like, you know, people say what they say. They, you know, when you when you right. share a story about yourself, you have to be, you know, hopefully you help people though, which is so so basically when it comes to what happened, are you I know that you've been more vocal about certain things that in your life have happened along the way, but I am kind of interested. So you had a breakup. And then this was in Oregon that you, or was this back in California that you checked in to, was it Soba or somewhere? When I went to rehab? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. um, this was, I was 19. Okay. So I was wild, in a relationship. Oh, why? I'm 20, almost 27 now, mm-hmm. but I was 19 and yeah, I just, I, I had a very thrilling, very just manic, unhealthy not so relationship yeah Yeah. and you know that person and i are like totally from what i know we're totally cool like people grow you go through you kind of have to like this is just my approach no one has to take anything from this or live their lives this way this is just how i choose to be happy i kind of like laugh just at everything like everything like trauma pain death sadness addiction everything is just funny at this point to me i have to laugh i have to joke about it interesting like you just said life is so short that i think dwelling and letting things consume us and take over our minds and take space the way that they do i think it's just such a waste of time and you can't tell anybody this they kind of have to go through this journey on their own but what i've learned with everything i've been through whether it be sexual assault, whether it be brutal relationships, abusive relationships, whatever it is, like at this point, I can fully like laugh about it. Like I just, I have to get to this point to heal. Mm -hmm. And that relationship for me definitely was, um, it was a crazy ride. And I, if I could, like, if I had to look back and if I I was given the choice to, you know, undo it or live through it again or whatever. Yeah. I would have done it because I learned a lot about myself and I would have never been on this path, um, of course. But yeah, I went to rehab because I um, I was so, and for me, I'm a very anxious person. I have anxiety disorder, but I don't deal with depression at all. And I don't use mm-hmm. that word lightly. Okay. I really am not a depressed person person at all I get sad you know things make me sad but I think depression is such a specific state and people love to say they're depressed when they don't even really know what that means Mm -hmm. but I am like full-blown OCD I'm you know I definitely have anxiety crazy anxiety disorders but I am not depressed at all so for me to say I was really actually battling and dealing with depression I really probably only have twice in my life and both Mm -hmm. of them were because of these breakups and situations that happen and the way they unfolded. And I'm like an open book. So this is nothing I'm like ashamed of anymore. Again, it's all funny to me at this point because I kind of look back (laughs) 
And I'm like, you know, watching people do the teenage dirtbag trend on <laughs> yeah. TikTok. And I'm like, you want to fucking yeah. see my teenage yeah. dirtbag photos? <laughs> we do. No. We really do. <laughs> you don't. No, oh, no. Trust me. Don't. There was ones that it's I could have posted. Oh, my God. It's me with like an IV, like in a, <laughs> like in a hospital after like. Oh. Dr- yeah. No. Oh, so, I mean, I, I had a bad night. Really what it yeah. I have. I have a lot of addiction in my family. I do not believe addiction runs in your blood at all. I don't. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think it's genetic. I have a lot of friends so you think who have Do you think it's behavioral? I think it's circumstantial. I think it just depends okay. on the person. Mm-hmm. I I think like, you know, I I am not if I was told tomorrow I had to stop drinking, that wouldn't be a problem. I love to drink. Like I love it. I'm never going to stop, but if you told me I had to, easy for me, you know, same with drugs. I'm not really a drug user at this point at all in my life, but I, uh, I smoke weed, love it. Don't want to stop. But if you told me I had to, I could do it. I think like I kind of was just at the lowest low humanly possible. And there was a day where I took like a really, really absurd amount of Xanax. And Mm -hmm. in this relationship I was in, It was pretty normal for me to drink because I just wanted to drink my -hmm. depression away, drink my anxiety away. It became a crutch. Mm -hmm. And this one day I took like heaps of Xanax and drank like half a bottle of Jack Daniels at my cousin's house and like dangled off a balcony because this abusive person that I was with at the time, you know, kind of just made an appearance and there was like a very bad fight and it was this whole thing and I was blacked out and I don't remember doing this but I was told that I leaned off a balcony and was like I'm gonna kill myself because you're doing this to me and all this stuff Mm -hmm. it was a whole episode you know of Mm -hmm. like the OC I'm just kidding Mm -hmm. it wasn't I love it it was it was was way (laughs) it was way worse but yeah um no it was just like a whole drama and you know then I went to the hospital my parents gave me a lot of people in my life kind of said you've been through a lot you need to go and figure this out and at first it was kind of pushed on me like this is addiction this is addiction you're an addict Mm -hmm. and a lot of people on my father's side of the family deal with addiction so they're kind of all alcohol anonymous out telling me this addiction, this addiction. I've had nights where, you know, I've done, I've tried a lot of drugs. I've tried a lot of things. I've never done really anything consistently, but I do think you kind of get, sorry, but you get brainwashed by the AA community in a lot of ways. If AA works for you and that's Mm -hmm. what's getting you through and you identify amazing and keep doing that and keep let that keep you sober but for me just having people tell me that like things I did as a teenager they're like oh my god that's addiction that's the first sign or oh my god you you could have died or oh and these are things like all my friends were doing and this was how you know it wasn't it was just life yeah interesting. but that one night I definitely went overboard wound up in a hospital and these uh, nurses wanted to, or the doctor came in. I had like mm-hmm. a psych eval and they were like, we're going to lock her up. <laughs> if you don't, if you remember, if you don't remember what you did, you know, they weren't going to lock me up. I just had to go to rehab or whatever. But if Got you it. do remember choosing to try to jump off of a balcony and I said, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. I don't remember any of those things happening. Right. Um, right. But like funny looking at back. All. Looking back at like all of the crazy 
And I'm talking like, I've had like FBI involved. I've had like crazy restraining order stuff. I've had all all the crazy drama Fun. too. And it's like those, yeah, right? And it's like that teenage dirtbag stuff where it's like, we don't need to see those pictures. Those aren't the kind of pictures people God. are going to post on this cute little right. trend. But like everyone's had a bad breakup. And then there's been the people like us, I guess, who've had some really crazy shit that's like, I, I feel you in a lot of these ways. And I think that I could have definitely gone down the road had I not eventually. And that and that's the other thing, like meeting my husband too. It's like, I almost wish I would have hit a rock bottom like without him, you know? Um, yeah. So that I, it wasn't a guy that saved me from myself. Totally. But, but like you said, everything is leading somewhere. And like everyone's journey is going to help them try to like figure themselves out some way or another. So that's kind of interesting. So do you feel like you had, even though, you know, you had to do the stint at the rehab and sort of get to know yourself better and heal a little bit, do you feel like you have had a lot of love and support around you? Like even if your family has been split up or, you know, in their own relationships and new kids and like all that stuff? I, you know, back then I... I really only had to stay in that rehab for 30 days and I ended up staying for like over six months because wow. I was having the time of my life <laughs> <laughs> and I just met like the coolest people in the world. I made cool. like, you know, just friendships and people from everywhere that were, if it were possible, that were like 300 times more fucked up than me and I'm just like the misfits and all these really just cool real people that I got to surround yeah. myself with like that was like my first support system through the hardest time in my life but um yeah I mean I I really kind of I have chosen family at this point in my life that's another thing I was really bad for a very long time at saying no and I felt like I owed a lot of people a lot of things for a very long time Mm -hmm. And that's what led me to being in that relationship. That's what led me to being in a lot of situations in my life. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to say no to people, family, friends, people, especially in the entertainment industry and in my line of work. Like it was impossible for me to say no. And yeah. that really is what got me in trouble. That's how I hit a rock bottom then hit another rock bottom. Yeah. It was always because of like I just I didn't know how to just I couldn't differentiate like these people really deserve my time and energy and these people right. do not you know right. and I was yes. neglecting really great friends and friendships and good people and work opportunities because I was too busy saying yes to you know all of these just dickheads all the time. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and some that's you might really be related it. to, like right. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. the story of my life. Family. It's like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, my God. No, yeah. Chosen family. That's what I'm saying. It's like when you can actually create distance from people that you are related to and exist without them and their sort of like negative, toxic influence, like it's a really joyous, it's a joyous thing because you can love them oh, yeah. better and love them from afar and you can love them as you are. Totally. That rhymed. That was beautiful. I, there you go. I'm a fucking poet. But <laughs> like, I love like my sisters. Like, I don't talk to my sisters. But like, 
I love them and I, I really yeah. do hold them in my heart and I, I love them and I wish them, I wish them healing and you know what I'm saying? But like, I just know that I can't really, you know, I can't really talk to them a lot and unless it was absolutely yeah. necessary. So right. it's, it is, it's, it's, it's hard. And I honestly, I haven't really even told anybody that. So there's that. Well, now everybody knows. A little share, a little fucking share. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, true. I, respect, I mean, it doesn't matter. I respect that. Yeah, I mean, if it's if related, not. I I say this all the time. I don't stand by. Blood is thicker than water is not a statement that I believe in at all. So I believe if people hurt you, if they make you feel small, if they make you feel unheard, if they make you anxious, if they create a lot of tension and trouble in your life, I don't care if they're related to you. I don't care if they saved you from getting hit by a bus. I don't care who they are. They don't have to be in your everyday. You know, they mm-hmm. don't. You can create those boundaries for sure. So I agree. And so is so now that you're in Oregon, like, how are you feeling? Oh, so good. I love it here. It's amazing. I mean, it has its issues like everywhere else in the United the United States sucks. So Girl. I moved to um, Austin. I moved to Austin the same I time you did Austin. about two years ago. And I love Austin. I love Austin. But like all this crazy shit with Texas has gone down and it's been very hard to have, you know, two daughters here and and yeah. sort of just try oh, yeah. to understand my place here and want them to be in a safe community of, you know, like that is an affluent area, yeah. But like, I pay to live here. I work hard to provide for my family. So it's like I, 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 I'm trying to provide for them, but I also want them to have, like, I want them to have a, the best of both worlds, and it, it becomes very hard oh, yeah. for them. But I will tell you, better than L.A. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. How do yeah. you like not living in L.A.? Like, what is it about L.A. that we all hate so much? Please verbalize it for people. You know, I, I mean, I'm from L.A. I grew up in L.A. my whole life. And yeah. I think I think L.A. is where people that aren't from L.A. come and everyone wants to be famous for something. You don't really come there for any other reason other than opportunity. And I think just being around just people who just reek of desperation constantly, people who like can't have, can't just like make eye contact and have a conversation or ask how people, they're always looking over your shoulder at like who else can offer them what that's going to walk through the door any minute. And Mm -hmm. just like opportunist social climbing star fuckers everywhere that I just at you know, like I had had enough years ago, (laughs) many years ago, but I get to travel for, I I did get to travel a lot for my job. So, you know, I got to get out of there quite a bit, but especially being in COVID and being stuck there, I think after a while, I just realized like I, my time has, my time has played out here. I Mm -hmm. met the people I needed to meet. I'm not really like a very social person. I don't have like a huge friend group. I don't go to things I don't want to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm friends with the same people that I've been friends with since the first and fifth grade and from my whole life. And I have a lot of really great new friends as well. But it just became like a very toxic place for me that I just fell out of love with it. You know, I love California. I love visiting. I love going for a week and seeing my friends and my mom. 
but there's just something about it that just doesn't feel safe for me. I'm Mm -hmm. always anxious and always on edge everywhere I go. And for whatever reason, which I don't classify or call myself a celebrity at all ever, but for whatever reason, when I was living there, I'm photographed all the time, everywhere I go, everything I do. There's just like a camera up my butt at a beach, you know, like all the time. And I'm like, why is this happening? Like, like, why me? Like, why? Like, I'm not even doing anything. Like, uh, like, why? You know? And it's just living like that, like having to think about how my lips and my hair and like my, you know, my like putting a face on every day and getting dressed. Like, that's just not who I am. I'm I'm like, I'm such a boy that that for me, even boys out there, like, you know doesn't matter who you are everybody is just very staged (laughs) you can do whatever the fuck you want but some people are just some people are very staged all the time everything is very staged friendships Mm -hmm. are staged everything is just so phony and i just i like i started feeling it like physically you can't thrive no you can't it was like oh god i gotta go so yeah i got the hell out of there so i feel you i really truly do and I'm so glad you got to Oregon and also found someone, regardless of him. He's great. He is great. But I'm happy that you're there. You know, like I'm happy that you're Thank there you. in a safe space and that, you know, you feel like you can go back when it's up to you and, and you have all that that choice, all that agency. That's really important. Thank you. You too. I love Thanks. Austin. I think it's amazing. Oh, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out. You know, I I, I am I'm sort I love of the it. longer the longer we stay here, you know, the more entrenched I feel that I am here. And could I go somewhere else? Sure, but you know, the market's crazy to buy here, and I don't know I don't know what what the future holds, but it's not L.A. And I can tell you I can tell you that. <laughs> Maybe it'll get better. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> But hey, so you're in Oregon and you're actually prepping. Are you still prepping your cafe, your cafe event or your? Oh, God. Yeah, um, I am. Yeah, I'm opening up a, a full blown cafe, natural wine bar on the Ooh. Oregon coast and a boutique. So my boyfriend and I, we we bought an old bakery and an office building next door and we're just kind of doing this crazy venture together <laughs> and we had no absolutely nothing so we've just been schooling ourselves and working with some pretty incredible people and doing this sort of overall lifestyle brand together yeah so we're gonna have an online store in two weeks and <gasps> a boutique and a cafe in the fall so we're excited and more locations so wow yeah. <laughs> in Oregon in Oregon I'm assuming I think we're gonna no. We definitely want to expand into uh, California. Like, no, no, we come to do, Austin. <laughs> oh we, no, all over. Like we want to have spots all over eventually. But we're cool. uh, we're definitely we're making a slow crawl towards the finish line right now. So. Oh, congrats! Yeah. Okay, so what's it called? And and is it got an Instagram that we can all kind of find it? It does. And all that? It's called Good Times. Okay. Good times. And the online okay. store is goodtimes.dog. We got that. Not nice. .com, .dog. Hell yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of proceeds <laughs> of what you spend uh, with specific brands we're working with, a lot of the pros or a portion of the proceeds are going to go towards uh, various animal rescues, dog rescues. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a big 
part of our lives is animal rescue and fostering. We have six dogs here at the house, so we're big foster parents. And yeah, so it's a very exciting, very interesting venture and everybody has to pray for me. So, (laughs) okay, well I will, I'm going to pray for you and I'm, I'm always going to engage with you because I, I love seeing you online and I'm so glad that we got to connect and, you know, thanks for opening up to me about, you know, some, you know, not happy times, but you're amazing. So thank you for chatting and so are you. Thank you for having me. So Ireland, very excited about the wine bar and everything that's going on with that. But then where else can we find you? I switched careers a couple of years ago. I'm screenwriting full time. So you can find some of my projects as they slowly trickle into creation in the next year. So, yeah, you can find me there. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. OK, you're busy. You're really busy. And then also you're on TikTok. For fun. Yeah. I'm on TikTok. <laughs> I'm so cute and fun on TikTok. And I... Yes, you I'm are. Not, I hate... I'm so bad at all this shit. But I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm nowhere else. Exclusive to this too. And... Oh, wait. You're not on Twitter? No. Your dad's on Twitter, isn't oh, he? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> but anyway, I'm on... I, I'm okay. not on Twitter. I am on Twitter, but I don't use Twitter. I actually hate Twitter so much that I just dedicated it to a fuck, Mary kill account. So I just do like... Once every couple <laughs> months, I'll ask like a fuck, Mary kill question. But other than that... That's actually genius. Instagram, TikTok... That's about it. Oh, and my boyfriend and I are starting to Twitch together, but I don't have that information yet. But you can Ooh, find it. Fun. We, uh, we're we're kind of gamers now, so I'm kind of a gamer girl. That's that's I'm awesome. Not. I didn't know that. <laughs> Damn. But he is like he's a big time Twitcher. Twitcher? Yeah, he twitches. So I'm gonna like yeah, he's be on there. You know, twitchy twitchy, he's twitchy guy. Yeah. All right. Well, tell him tell him that he better be treating you nice and that I I, we will. just met, but that. I've got your back and I adore you. Oh, and I adore thank you, you too. For, thank, thank you, you so coming. much. Yeah. <laughs> Talk soon. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham, and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.